I believe that this is going to be a breakthrough day for many of you, for the purposes of God to come into your life and for the power of God to come upon you. Many of you have a ceiling over your head that you can't seem to break through. Some, it's a ceiling that has come because of generational curses. Some because of addictions. Some because of poverty. Others because you've come to a certain place in the ministry, but you don't know how to go further in the call of God for your life. Some of you feel like you're just existing, like life is kind of monotonous. It's just like you're in a rut or some kind of grind, but you're not feeling like an overcomer, and your world is not changing around you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you need a breakthrough. And today, I'm believing for a breakthrough for your life, wherever you are, whatever you need to move forward. Election that we are heading for, for the presidency of the United States of America, I think is the most spiritual battle that this nation has ever seen. It seems that each election gets more spiritual and more intense than the one before. God still cares about America. You can go to many nations around the world and you will not find a born-again Christian running for office. There is no battle for the issues of abortion in most nations of the world. They have already lost that fight long time ago. But there is still a battleground that the people in the United States of America are able to fight. His hand still being extended to this nation. I cannot tell you who to vote for. I can encourage you to vote for a candidate who is pro-life and who supports Israel and believes in the family values that are in the Bible. And you pick the candidate of your choice that fits those criteria. But vote. It's very important. If you're not going to vote for those things, I don't care if you vote. Because I'm standing only for the things of God for this nation. But I encourage you, if you're a man or a woman of God, don't stay home on voting day if you can vote. It's a spiritual act if you stand with the, for the purposes of God in what you do in your life. Don't let it fall to the ground. Now, during this election preparation time. There's a couple of ladies who have been running for position, and both of them have talked about a glass ceiling that has been over the ladies of this nation. And um, I think it was Hillary Clinton who said she already has many cracks in the glass. And Sarah Palin says she wants to break the glass and come right through into a place of leadership along with others in the nation. I believe that this is God's will for many ceilings to be broken, for the women of God to rise up into the purposes of the Lord, and of God to break through ceilings that are over them and to come into the purpose of the Lord. It's time to shatter the glass ceiling that is over many people. And God is moving in power and authority. I would love to see the kingdom of God bust forth 
in Seattle and in the Northwest states of America. I love to see the ceiling of darkness and humanism and liberal theology so that God will move forward with kingdom wisdom and knowledge and power and love and compassion. And you have a part to play. The Lord wants you to be all that you can be. And I'm going to stand with you in agreement today for the breaking of a ceiling off of your life. Some of you young people are in university. And you're not quite sure what you're supposed to be. Or what you are going to be. And many of us are on a journey. Still trying to find out who we really are. I want to let you know that your mother doesn't know who you are. And your father doesn't know who you are. And you don't know who you are. The person you're married to certainly doesn't know who you are. Only God knows who you are. He's the one who made you. Only He can give you your identity. So today, I want to speak to you about the prophetic call of God on your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts now for the word of the Lord and for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in us, to bring change. Lord, we come against every demonic ceiling that is over the heads of the people of God and we smash it in the name of the Lord. We ask today for very real breakthroughs for young people, for middle-aged people, for senior citizens, for men, for women. Lord, we ask that the call of God would become available to us, understandable to us, and that we begin to move into that which you have made us for. There are roadblocks where there is a cloud of darkness, where there are addictions or sins. I stand against those things in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And I ask now through the preaching of the Word and the laying on of the hands of the apostles that we would see the power of God to take people forward, even for this church. I ask, Lord, for breakthroughs for the kingdom of God's sake and for the glory of the Lord, for more missionary activity, for more churches to be planted because of the workers here, for more anointing to come on the pastors and workers, for finances to come, and for the people of God to rally together into that which is your purpose for this place. I speak it now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Feels like we can go home now. <laughs> but we're just getting warmed up. Do you know, everything that was ever created has a prophetic template. Do you know what a template is? It's a design, like a skeleton structure, that you have to fill in the details. When you make a website, and I know that many people in Seattle are computer genius people, not like in the South. Uh, so you know about making websites. And when you go to a website company, they give you a template. 
which has all of these boxes. And in this box, you put the picture. And in this box, you put the title of your company. And then you put some of the things that the company will do. And then you put the contact information. And then you put some testimonials for your products. And you fill in all the details of the template. Everything that God ever created has a template. Angels have a template. That means there's a plan for them. There's a design for them when God made them. And it has to be in. Even the planets have a template. Trees have a template. Every single created thing on the planet and in the universe has a prophetic template. Of all of the prophetic templates that God ever created, the most exciting, powerful, and greatest of all the templates was made for human beings. Because only human beings have been made in the image of God. You have been made for greatness. If you walk with the Lord, when He returns, you will be great. Maybe you're not so great right now. Maybe you know or your partner knows that you're not perfect and you've got some flaws, but you're in the process of sanctification. And you're being changed to be more like Jesus every day if you're walking with him. But when you see him, the Bible says that you will be like him. You're going to have an instantaneous super upgrade. First a download and then an upgrade. And become like Jesus. You will get his DNA. You will get his chromosomes. Now you are called sons and daughters of the living God. But then you will be like him. You will have a new body. There will be no more crying or tears. You will be able to function in a supernatural realm that you have not to this point known. All of that is coming. But there is greatness that all of you can come to even while you are here on this planet. That's your prophetic template. It is your purpose and goal to find out who you are supposed to be. What is your real identity? You might say, well, uh, I'm from Thailand. And uh, I'm a nurse. Well, you think that's your identity? Well, it might be part of your identity, but it's only a small part of your identity because there's something that God has put inside of you that you have to go for with everything that you've got to find out who you are. What is your identity? Because if you don't find your identity, you can never discover your destiny. You can never become all that God has for you to be. This is what Paul says. He said, I know that I have not yet come to the place where I have taken hold all of that which is for me. The things that Christ took hold of me for. I haven't yet come to that. I have not yet arrived. But one thing I do. He has determination in his heart. He's saying, leaving behind me the past, 
I press on toward that which is in front of me to take hold of the call of God on my life. And he said, with everything that's in me, I'm going to press forward to win the prize of who God has made me to be. So you have a prophetic template. Have you discovered your names? Your names are your identity. You know, Jesus has many names. Can you think with me of some of his names? He is called the Savior. He is called Deliverer. He is called Prince of Peace. He is called the Healer. He's Deliverer. He's the bright and morning star who appears at the end of the tribulation period, which is the darkest time the planet will ever know. And he is the morning star that comes after the darkness. He is the lily of the valley. When you're going through the roughest times and you're down in the valley, there you see a beautiful fragrant flower. That's the Lord Jesus to you. He's the lily of the valley. God Almighty has many names too. He's called the Ancient of Days. He's called Creator. He's called uh, my banner, my healer, my shield, my defender. And you have many names. Names are very important. Do you remember when Jesus was going to be born? The angel Gabriel came to Mary and he said, do not be afraid, but you are going to have a baby and the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and the seed of God is going to become, come inside of you and this child shall be named Jesus. That was very specific because Jesus means deliverer. It's the same name in the Hebrew as Joshua, Yeshua. He is deliverer. He is savior. And then he said, and your near relative, Elizabeth, is also with child. Elizabeth was grandmother age. She was past the flower of her youth. And by all natural uh, situations, she could no longer have a child. But the spirit came upon her. First, the angel appeared to her husband, Zachariah, and said, your wife's going to have a baby. I'm sure he fainted. And then after, when he got up again, the angel said to him, and you shall name him not after your uncle, not after your brother, uh, not after a movie star. You shall name him John. And I think there was a little bit of argument in the father's spirit so the angel said, I'm going to make you so that you can't speak for nine months. And then when you write down his name shall be John, I'll let you speak again. You think this name was important? Oh, yes. Very important. Sometimes the name that you have is the one that God gives you. You might say, well, my mother and father gave me my name. But it may be a God name and it may not. I have been to India and I remember coming into this small house with another pastor where a lady lived 
she was abandoned and she had a little boy. And as soon as I laid hands on her, just like uh, Dr. Lau, Pastor Lau, immediately she went to the ground because demons started coming out. And I was just praying for her salvation, but the demons came out. And then after a while, I, uh, she came back to her feet and I asked her about the son. I said, let me pray for your son. What's his name? And she told me an Indian name. And I said, what does this name mean? And she said, oh, this name is, this boy is named after one of our Indian gods. Well, that's a demon. And I said, he can't have the name of a demon. I want to change his name. And the mother said, okay. So I said, from now on, you shall call him John. And I laid hands on him and the Holy Spirit came on him. You know, God has changed many people's names in the Bible. Do you remember Abra, Abram? The name Abram means father of nations. Or it actually means a great exalted father. And the Lord said, I will change your name to Abraham, which is a great exalted father of many nations. And then there was Jacob. And Jacob was his grandson. And Jacob, um, his name meant deceiver. That, I don't think, is a God name. But he had a heart after God. His brother Esau cared about his birthright. He was dispassionate and casual about the things of God. But this man, Jacob, who started off on the wrong foot, he pressed into God like Paul, who wanted the blessings of the Lord. Do you remember when he was returning back to his brother? And he went across the river Jabbok. And there in the night, he met the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord, and he wrestled. And during that time, the angel said, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. And then Jacob said, what is your name? And the angel wouldn't tell him his name. Some people believe it was a Christophany, a presentation of the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament. He would not give him his name. If you find God's name, the power in that name will come upon you. And at that time, the angel of the Lord said, Jacob, let me go, for the sun is coming up, and the light is coming. Let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And they wrestled through the whole night. He wanted the blessings of the Lord. And as the sun was coming up, the angel of the Lord said, no longer shall your name be Jacob. Now, I will call you Israel, which means one who has prevailed like a prince, one who is an overcomer. And that was the name given to all the Jewish people, the nation of Israel. What about your names? Has God given you some of your names yet? There are many names that you could get. I think of my mother. And her name, she's Jewish, 
was Miriam Magdalene Katz. But I saw my mother, like Pastor Da, serving so well in her house, caring for everybody who came, blessing everybody that, you know, with food and, and uh, little gifts and all kinds of things. And after a while, I gave my mother a name. I called her the Apostle of Hospitality. <laughs> it was real. I felt the Holy Spirit when I said it to her. Some people have a bad name. Some people have given themselves a bad name. I was in a place in Georgia where I met a man whose name was Mutt. And he was a senior citizen. And I said, how did you get the name Mutt? And he said, well, when I was born, my father thought I looked like an ugly dog. So he called me Mutt. And I've been called Mutt ever since then. I didn't know him very well, but if I was his pastor, I would tackle him to the ground until we changed his name. Your name is your identity. Do you remember Naomi? She was married. There was a famine in the land of Israel in Bethlehem. So she crossed over the Jordan River to where Jordan is today, to the place called Moab. And there, against the purposes and instruction of the Lord, her sons married Moabitess daughters who were idol worshipers. And they were there for 10 years. During that time, Naomi's husband died and her two sons died. And the time came for her to return, which means a loaf of bread. She took one of her daughters named Ruth and went back to Bethlehem. And when she saw all of the ladies, after not seeing them for 10 years, the lady says, look, it's Naomi. She's come home. Naomi means the pleasant one. And Naomi said, do not call me pleasant, but call me Mara, which means bitter one. Call me Mara, for the Lord has, dwelt, has dealt bitterly with me. She cursed herself by giving her herself a nickname that was not from God. And I am so glad that God didn't allow the curse to stick. From that place in the Bible, she's still called Naomi. Nobody calls her Mara. We refuse that. Sometimes your parents can give you a wrong name. Your friends at school can call you something that has a derogatory uh, definition. Uh, and it's a nickname, but it's not a God name. But then there are names that you get as you walk close to the Lord. Do you remember the disciples? There was one named Simon. But Jesus didn't call him Simon. What did he call him? He changed his name to Peter. I like him a lot. He walked on water. He preached the first message at Pentecost and 3,000 souls got saved. It says that he became an apostle in the book of Acts. At 
when he walked down the street, people would line up sick people on the side of the street. And if his shadow would touch them, they would get healed. I really like Peter. But his name was not Peter at first. His name was Simon. But Simon was not the God name for him. Peter means rock. Now, we know that Peter was a very outspoken kind of person. But I think inside, he had big security problems. He had a spirit of rejection. Sometimes loud people really have a rejection problem. So they kind of compensate with all kinds of bubbly verbiage. But it's not really them. But the Lord wanted to build his confidence. And so he changed his name to Peter, which means the rock. So every time he looked at Simon, he never called him Simon. He said, rock, come here. Now rock is going to do this. Rock, come and walk with me on the water. Rock, I commission you to feed my sheep. That was the Jesus name that he received. And it gave him strength. There are three Josephs in the Bible. You know the Joseph who has the coat of many colors in the Old Testament. And then there's Joseph who is the father of Jesus who married Mary. But if you look in the book of Acts, in the last verse of chapter 4, you'll find another man named Joseph. And the Bible says there was a man from Cyrene whose name was Joseph. But the apostles called him Barnabas because he was full of encouragement. They changed his name. This man, Barnabas, which means, bar means son of, and Nabus means encouragement. He is called the son of encouragement. And they, he just had such an excellent gift of serving. If you were ever near him, he, you would get encouraged. He would smile. He would shake your hand. He would hug you. He would speak some good words over you. He would probably prophesy over you. If you were discouraged that day, Barnabas would help you on your way. If you needed some kind of, of support, go see Barnabas. This became so prevalent that this man's authority to give encouragement that they said, no, no, Joseph's not a good enough name for you. We're going to call you son of encouragement. You know, in the book of Revelation, my favorite book, the Bible says this. It says that if you are an overcomer, God will give you four names. He will give you the name of his father and put it on your forehead. I like that name. He said he will give you the name of his son and put that on your forehead. He said if you are an overcomer, he will write the name of the city of God on you. And then it also says in the book of Revelation, if you are an overcomer, that God will give you a secret name that nobody else will know. I have lots of names that the Holy Spirit has given me. Some of them are secret names. They're names that God, in the middle of the night, has woken me 
and called me and stamped that upon me. That is my secret weapon. It is part of who I am. Some people look at me and they think I am a real small man. But I want you to know, I'm a big man in a little body. (laughs) Demons run. The atmosphere changes. Not because in myself I could do these things, but because the Lord has stamped me with His name. It's because He has changed my life. I have found who I am. I know I am a son of God. I've discovered my identity. And I fear no demon. I fear no demonic angels. I fear no power that this world could muster against me. I cannot die until the Lord says it is my time. The angels of walk with me for I belong to the kingdom of God. I am an ambassador of heaven. The Bible says, receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, and you will receive a prophet's reward. Some people call me brother. They'll receive a brother reward. Some people will call me a prophet, and they'll receive a prophet reward. Some people call me teacher, and they will call me, they will receive a teacher reward. And some people call me apostle, and they will receive an, apost- an apostolic reward. Some people call me pastor, and they receive a pastoral reward. I don't mind whatever somebody receives me as, but I have many names. And all of those names haven't come just because they were good ideas. They have been stamped in me. I only use myself as an example to give an illustration for you. This is not about me. Today, this is about you. The power of the Lord to bring you to your names. Have you found your names yet? Have you discovered who you really are? When you find your names, when you find your identity then you can find your destiny. Then the power of God and the anointing of God and the purpose of God will flow through you. If you think that you are inferior or you are a fabulous person, you have not yet discovered your identity. You are living in a devil's lie. You are living under a carnal cloud. You are living with blinders on your eyes. Oh, Lord, open the eyes of your people and stamp your name upon them this day that they might walk in the holiness of God, power and authority to change their world. Pastor Lau said he knows revival is coming and great miracles are coming. It's the truth. And you know how it's going to come? Through you. Through the people of God. This can only happen if you change. You cannot be who you are. 
think you are right now if you want to see this kind of revival. You have to come to a place of knowing who God has made you to be. And that is always full of kingdom authority and power and great things. Before we lay our hands on you and commission you for the ministry this morning, I want to give you four to find your names. Four different things to help you find who you are. First of all, in order to find your name, you must walk close to the Lord. You must become his disciple. If you have one foot in the world and are living in sin, you will be deaf. You won't hear God. But if you walk with him in the secret place when nobody else is around, you say, Lord, here I am. I want to know you. I want to give my life to you. I want to understand your word. I want to fellowship with you. Show me how to pray. Show me how to walk with you. If you will meet him in the secret place like that and become personal with the Lord, then he will change your name. That's what happened to Simon. He became a disciple. He walked with the Lord. Even among the 12 disciples, there were three that the Lord took to the inner circle. When he went to his prayer, he said, Peter and John, you come with me. Peter, you know what he did in the scriptures on the day of Pentecost. James became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And John was given the book of Revelation. All of these three men were more intimate with the Lord than the other disciples. It doesn't matter what anybody else in this church does, but you walk with God in the secret place, and God will begin to change your name. Secondly, you must learn to wrestle with God to receive blessings. There are two things. One is curses. The other is blessings. You want to get rid of the curses and you want to take hold of the blessings. Be hungry for God's blessings. It's all of His goodness for you and your family. It's much more than uh, having enough money to buy some fancy car. It's blessings in your soul, blessings in your heart, blessings in your mind, blessings in your body. That's the favor of God being on you. It also has to do with financial wealth. It also has to do with having children. It also has to do with becoming a leader. All of those things are part of the blessings of God for you. But how can you get those blessings? You get those blessings when you wrestle with the angel of the Lord. And you say, Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the Lord will wake you in the night. And you'll be tired. And you get up and go to the other room and read a scripture and say, Lord, will you speak to me? And if you wrestle with God, he will give you treasures. 
and he will change your name like he did to Israel. The third way to your names is to be excellent with the ministry and service that God has given you in this church and on any mission that God calls you to be involved with. That's what happened with Barnabas. Remember, his name was Joseph, but he was such an encourager. He had this gift of encouragement. He was, instead of a drug dealer, he was an encouragement dealer. He was addicted. He's a trafficker of encouragement. He had supernatural encouragement, and he let it fly. He just gave it to everybody he could, and the apostles saw it, and they said, we're not calling you Joseph. We're calling you son of encouragement. And the whole of the Bible from that point on, he's never again called Joseph. He's now called son of encouragement. There are names that you will get from God's people if you are excellent in service. It's easy for the one who stands at the front and preaches the word. We call him pastor. That's a name that God gives and you give. It's a God name. But all of you have names, and you will get your names if you serve the Lord with sacrifice and excellence. Lastly, the fourth way to receive your names is to become an overcomer. Whoever overcomes will get the name of God written on them and the name of Jesus written on them and the name of the city of God written on them. God will give you a secret name that nobody else knows. That will be your secret weapon. What does it mean to be an overcomer? It means you win. You don't lose. It doesn't matter how bad the battle is, how terrible the circumstances may be. You take hold of the faith of the Lord. For this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. It's got nothing to do with how you feel, your emotions. You press through and stand on the ground of victory. You have nothing else. There's no other game in town. There's no other options. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If the enemy comes in against you like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You can do all who strengthens you. So you become an overcomer. That means you must overcome something. If there's nothing to overcome, you can't be an overcomer. If you don't fight, you can't be an overcomer. If there's no battle, no obstacle, no mountains to climb, no rivers to cross, you can't be an overcomer. Only those who face hardship and stay on the path become overcomers. And the Lord says he'll give you a crown of life. And he'll give you the names of the kingdom. He'll put them on you. Now today is a breakthrough day for you. The Holy Spirit is going to touch you now in a powerful way. 
you have faith in your heart because I see it. The word of God today, faith has risen in your hearts. That's what Seattle needs. It needs the faith of God rising like the tide. And the faith is here. Jesus said when he was with that man who was lowered through the ceiling and he healed him, just before that, Jesus says, and the, pres and the power of the Lord was present to heal. Right now, the power of God is present for you to break a ceiling, for you to work toward your destiny and the call of God, for you to enter into the prophetic plan, the template for your life, for you to find your names. Sometimes when we are taking, when we have hours to pray for people, we will actually give about a quarter of the people a new name. Like victorious one. Courageous one. Man of valor. A worthy woman. We give many names that come from the Holy Spirit. But today the Holy Spirit's going to give you some names. This week, if you have faith, I believe for you that God will give you a new name. But there are many names. Even if you walk with God for 40 years, in 40 years from now, He'll be giving you more names to describe who you are and what He is going to do in your life.